Today's episode of Found Down is brought to you by Unwound Retreats. Unwound Retreats offers fun events and travel experiences for nurses locally and internationally. Founded by me, Nicole Johnson, ICU nurse and host of the Found Down podcast, I provide opportunities for nurses to practice self-care, learn, and travel together. These last two years have been brutal in healthcare, and why not give yourself the gift to unwind, learn, and grow? Previous guests have loved the experiences, especially because you can just show up and know that everything will be taken care of. Unwound Retreats is offering exciting and luxurious retreats in Morocco and Mexico. Go over to unwoundretreats.com and sign up to get on the email list so you can find out more. Hey there, this is Nicole. You're about to listen to the second half of that interview from last week with Nicole Leibov. If you remember, I wasn't able to recover it, but thanks to my good friend, Aaron Schlein, he helped me recover it. So here we are. We're going to listen to the second half of that episode. It is the last episode. So a couple things to note. If you haven't listened to the first half of this episode, go back one episode and you can hear the first half of the episode. This will make more sense. And then if you're squeamish at all... (laughs) There is a story in here that's might make your stomach turn. I, it depends. If you're a nurse, it's probably not. But maybe if you are not in the medical profession, you might. Who knows? It one 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 will see. And as always, thank you so much for listening for supporting the show. If you're new or if you've been around for a while, I truly appreciate your support and your love. And uh, yeah, I hope you enjoy this one. Welcome to the Found Down Podcast. This is a podcast of untold nursing stories that are sometimes hilarious, dark, insane, and anything in between. As a warning, this show is rated E and is mature in content. It often deals with the reality of life and death and how we as nurses intersect with that on a regular basis. If we laugh, it's not out of disrespect. We love what we do and have every intention of continuing to do so. With that, enjoy the show. So what you were saying, Nicole, was that it's really hard sometimes because with your ICU patients, you're like, you do these things to them, but you don't really feel like you have an impact. But like yeah. with your massage patients, you can like work with them and have this immediate response and feel like you're really helping somebody. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um not only immediate, but over time, you know, like a, like I said, a car accident patient as an example, just helping them feel better over a couple months. Um, and that really made me appreciate that primary care aspect of massage therapy. Um, the ICU last ditch effort care definitely, definitely, um, had a shelf life for me. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm okay with that now. Uh, but the timing of it happening during the pandemic has been, it's been a struggle. Um, yeah, but you know, I'm, I'm very proud of what I contributed to ICU. Um, I think, I think I, I think I did make an impact on lives and I'm proud of that work. I just feel like at this point in my career path, I can make more of an impact somewhere else. And I think it's going to be by making eye contact with people who aren't bonkers (laughs) or in a coma, you know, 
Um, and that's the emotional side of it. Now, the other side of it is I really miss, I really miss the critical thinking and working with my hands and poking people with needles. Like I really miss that. <laughs> it's a really, that's a very nurse specific uh, thing, but yeah, I get it. I get it. <laughs> um, yeah, it is that. Yeah. Um, and I miss my colleagues too. And I'm so proud of them for, you know, everything they've done and been doing in the last 10 months. Um, and I'm, I'm trying not to get emotional here. <laughs> oh, um, it's okay I, if I'm, you just do. So, I'm just so proud. I mean, one of the girls I worked with on my last day, she was someone who got really sick from COVID. And, you know, I look back at that day, my last day in January, and I think about just sitting there with her talking and we had no idea like six weeks later, what, what life would be like And that, uh, that's really emotional to think about. Um, so I, I just want, if any of them are listening to know, I'm really proud of them for what they've done. Shout out um, to the neuro ICU at Harborview. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm really proud of them for all the work that they've done. And, um, sticking it out, you know, and you know what, all these people out there with their stupid, like masks are against my constitutional rights. They can, they can fuck right off. Honestly, mm -hmm. you know what, okay, I'm, I swear to God, there should be some sort of program where we take these people into an ICU. Be like, well, you don't get to wear PPE then. And why don't you help? Why don't you help prone somebody? Why don't you help intubate somebody? You know, I have so, so much anger about the deniers of this right now. Um, and I don't, and I'm not physically involved right now. I cannot imagine how I would feel to show up to work however many days a week and take care of these super sick people just to be told by half the country that it's not real. Like, <laughs> it's, and it's, an, it's an insane betrayal. It, it is. is. It's also, it is. I mean, it, oh my God, Nicole, I had a day where I was taking care of a patient who, you know, we never, we never talk politics with our patients, right? Like we, right. and um, I really liked my patient in the beginning of the shift. And I have this like saying, like, you know, you the person you meet at seven o'clock is not the same person you meet at going home. You know what I mean? Yes. yes. So I was a little like, oh, I really like this guy. He's a really nice guy, blah, blah, blah. He still probably was a nice guy. But I overheard him talking about how where where like I was just outside of the room and he was on the phone with somebody and he was like oh where where are all the patients where are all the patients with COVID where are, why aren't they like lining the halls like it's not real it's not and I I was so pissed because across the fucking hallway if you went just to the other side of the our unit were three fucking prone yeah. people in, in airborne isolation with COVID, you know? Oh, and it's so hard to maintain an objective nurse brain with that. Like, how do I take care of you knowing that you are devaluing my life's work right now? I, I know. I, I was just like, oh God. And he, 
he said a bunch of, of course he was pro Trump and he said a bunch of stuff that was, you know, and I just had to go, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. I mean, I still took good care of him, of course. Yes. But, yeah. um, like that would make me very mad. I was very angry. <laughs> I was so angry. That's where you accidentally roll his bed across the hall and, oh, this isn't your room. Oh, you're right. This is the COVID room. Right. Right. Sorry. Right. Right. Oops. right, right. Here. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's what's, that's pretty frustrating. And you can't, you know, HIPAA laws, you can't shout it to the world and show pictures and all that. Mm. that and that's what needs to be done. Honestly. I know. I, oh my gosh. I wish we could just like, um, either have a program where people who don't believe it get to come to the ICU and help prone people without PPE. I think that's yes. And then the other one would be, let's get some dart guns with the <laughs> vaccine and just go, you know, <laughs> because the problem is, is that the reason why we're going to have herd immunity here is because we have a lot of people who believe in vaccinations, who believe in science, yeah. like you said, but out in the rest of the middle of the country, we have all these people <laughs> running around without masks and who are burdening. Oh my God, those poor healthcare workers in South Dakota, North Dakota, yeah. Wisconsin, yep. Arizona, Texas, um, yeah. California now. Like, anyway, we just need to just um, inoculate the deniers because they're causing the problem. They're causing the yeah. fucking problem. Yeah, it's it's really sad. Um, so yeah, uh, thanks to you and your colleagues too for doing it and providing care to people who don't believe it's happening to them. <laughs> <laughs> you I bet I bet Harborview must be slammed right now. I don't know. Slammed. I mean, because we're start, we're starting. Our numbers are definitely up. Yeah. Where we had like maybe twenty cases across the four campuses like yeah now or in the 130s or something. oh boy yeah tis the and season it, right yeah merry christmas merry, happy holidays <laughs> here's your happy holidays here is your you know here just lay on your belly for a while um and you work at in i work in the mickey mickey oncology okay. icu yeah so i so mickey which is where well, actually, it's interesting. Like we, some of our COVID patients are with us and some of them are on another floor. And I think they're going to probably open up a COVID ICU soon again. Okay. Have you ever worked at Harborview? Mm -mm. Uh, I did it. Um, I volunteered at the burn unit when okay. I was like a baby. A baby. <laughs> a little wee one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I'm telling you that I granted I was only at UW for a year, but the, when I, I made that switch from UW Montlake to Harborview, it was like, it was almost like a Dorothy thing of like, oh my God, I am not in Kansas anymore. They are so different. They are really? so different. Yes. The, just the atmosphere is different. The patient population obviously is different. I, oh God, I remember the first time I realized I was not at UW and I was sitting there charting and the chart station was right next to a stairwell that leads straight down to the ER, mm -hmm. <laughs> just one floor. We were one floor oh. above the ER, right? Oh, wow. 
And I was sitting there charting frantically, you know, like vents are beeping and all this. And this guy comes through the stairwell and he's the, the right side of his face is very bloody. And then I realized what I'm looking at is his eyeball is resting on his cheekbone. Oh! <laughs> and and he, oh, no! he just looks at me and he's, he calmly says, excuse me, I think I'm lost. Do you know where the ER is? And I just looked at him and I said, you're in the right spot. You're in the right stairwell. Just go down two flights and you're this, that first door you'll come to. That's the ER. And I went straight back to charting. And like five minutes later, I'm like, should I have helped him? Should I have maybe <laughs> given him some gauze or something like that? That is just, it, it's Harborview, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he got immediate help uh, upon and well, he was so calm. So I thought I'd stay calm. I guess I don't know. <laughs> How does one's eyeball end up on their face and not on their eye in the eye socket? Not no. Hey, he's talking and breathing. So I know, fine. right? So there's uh, right exactly. You're like, okay, well, currently you, it's fine. You know, I just wanted to bring up um, before we're done that for resources, I don't know if. You've heard about the NPR uh, website section called Enough Already. Um, it's a really great set of articles about the price that women have to, have had to pay during this pandemic. Even they talk about the mom penalty. You know, even the most successful women have paid a big price. Um, I think I read that four times the amount of women have left the workforce than men in the last 11 months. And being that I'm part of that statistic, I found a lot of validation and comfort in reading these articles because, you know, as much as we hear all the time, you know, you're not alone, you're not alone. It's kind of ironic because we actually, at least for my family, we are physically alone. Mm. <laughs> we, we are alone. So there's, a lot of my connection and validation comes from my weekly Zoom call with Sarah, my therapist, or reading articles on, on NPR that talk about the emotion and the impact that women have had to deal with. Um, yes. Why aren't men staying home? Why aren't men? <laughs> because you know what? Jobs? We were just finally starting to eke our way out of making less and working more than men and all this. And now we're being set back 50 years again. You know, it's just the way it is. My husband, sure, he would love to stay home while I went to work, but he makes more money. So that's just the numbers. That's just yeah. the way it, that's just the way it works. And that's I, how a lot of families are. I wonder, yeah, I wonder how it will play out. I hope it doesn't set us back 50 fucking years. Um. <laughs> I don't know. I read some article. That's how I start uh -oh. all my conversations these days. Like, well, I read an article that, and it is, it's going to be a, it's going to be a decade long issue to repair the damage. Cause this, this isn't like, oh, we all get vaccinated and the women head back to work. It's it's going to have repercussions much longer than that. So that's really interesting. Maybe I should stop reading that NPR thing. Maybe. No, no, stay informed. <laughs> the, the interesting thing, I mean, it's sort of along those lines. Uh, I, I've thought a lot about us as nurses as a female dominated profession. Mm -hmm. 
Would we have been fucked over so hard if we were predominantly like men? Like, would we, I mean, meaning mm. like, would we have gotten a hazard oh. pay? Would we have gotten yeah. better PPE? Would we have gotten um, more support? Um, I, I don't know, but I somehow want to say, yeah. I, you know, I somehow want to agree with you. <laughs> 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 the other, th- the other thing is like, it, had we said that your dick would fall off if you got the virus, <laughs> everybody would have taken this so, <laughs> I so just seriously. Saw, I just saw a TikTok about that. Like everybody else, I joined TikTok this summer. You know when Trump told me not to, right? Right, right, and right. And was there was a TikTok about this, like apparently erectile dysfunction can be a downstream effect of prolonged COVID infection. And I'm like, well, okay, let's, let's start talking about that. Right. Because we still have these dudes everywhere. That's like, I'm not going to wear a mask, you know? Well, let's think about your penis. Cause that's all you care about anyway. So, <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Uh, I'm also on TikTok. We should be TikTok friends. Oh, we should. I felt so, I felt so silly that I listened to your one podcast with Christina oh. and I was like, gosh, this lady's familiar. And then I realized like, Oh, I follow her on TikTok. She's the shit. <laughs> she is so amazing. I wish I was as well spoken as her regarding putting people in their place, regarding how incorrect they are about science and medicine. She's so good. She's awesome. She's so good. She's, she does it in a really funny way. She also does yeah. it in a very, obviously, like you said, she's so smart. Like she does it in a very yeah. smart way. So, um, yeah, and I'm like, how do you find the time? Cause that takes, she, you know, she researches everything she puts up. So yeah. she, she's not wrong, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. she's always science, very heavily I- science-based. I love people like her. We have so many people like her in our world, but I feel like they are preaching to the choir. There's this huge echo chamber mm-hmm. that, you know, if she were on Twitter, she'd be preaching to her choir and all the people that need to hear this and need to listen and need to learn are giving her the middle finger or they're not involved. And in that I am very ashamed of how science is now an option that that that's really sad um that's just it's so crazy um i I joke that i'm gonna start a commune in new zealand (laughs) just like start a women's run commune in new zealand so i'll let you know if that gets up and running okay um (laughs) yeah i mean it's crazy like we literally will be able to see uh for in the future if you put our countries side by side with all these countries, I mean, we can see it now, obviously, like we're winning at this COVID death yeah. race. <laughs> Yay us. Yay. Yeah. But like, how does it not compute? I just don't, right. I don't get it. Like, well, if they, if COVID isn't real then what the hell are people dying from? In Italy. Like, yeah, so Italy's, Italy's in on this hoax too. And like, right. Like people are not revering intelligence. Yes. Right. (laughs) And you know, that's the spring when I lost my careers and felt like that pacing tiger lion. I don't know Mm -hmm. what animal one. I was a caged animal. That is how I took control of the only thing I felt like I could control at that time was 
I, I read every single bit of science that came out on COVID that I could not just to educate myself and like, what would this mean for my immunocompromised kid or whatever? Mm -hmm. It was just like, I felt like I had to be able to educate someone at the drop of the hat if I ever had that opportunity. And um, it became a bit of an obsession. And I actually had to delete all my social media. I'm like, I am obsessed with COVID facts. This is, there's, there's a tipping point and I definitely hit it. So now I'm just, um, I feel like I'm well balanced and educated <laughs> about it, mm -hmm. but I wish I could shout it to the world. I wish people like Christina could shout it to the world and be heard and listened to and believed. But, you know, apparently we're getting a vaccine soon that has a microchip in it. So, you know, there's other things to worry about. <laughs> I'm going to become a robot later this week. I get mine on Friday. Oh, good. I'm excited. I get my foil hats in the mail soon. Yeah. I'm really excited. <laughs> you get your tin hat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. <laughs> um, oh my god, that's funny. That's yeah, funny. I have a question for you. If you, what was one thing that you learned about COVID? And and if you don't want to talk about it, it's okay. But what was one thing yeah. that you learned about it, about it in your research that surprised you or? people don't know. The first thing that popped up was, I don't know if this still applies, but a few months ago I was reading that, um, you know, how this science is evolving all the time. A few yeah. months ago, they were showing that asthma was actually not a precursor to severe COVID infection. Yeah. Oh, and awesome. I don't know if that's changed. I have not followed up on that fact, but as of that time, when I was reading it, it, it was mostly diabetes, hypertension, obesity that were the top players and asthma wasn't. So I, I mean, please don't, don't quote me if that science has since changed, but I found that fascinating. And I also found, found it fascinating how over time we, we, by we, I mean, listening from the outskirts have learned that early intubation is not the greatest thing. That's fascinating to me. I mean, how many times in ICU you're like, Oh, that's not looking good. Let's just put a tube in them, you know? And and to see on news um, pictures and internet, what have you, of people prone but not intubated, mm -hmm. like they're eating lunch, you know, they're prone, but they're that was mind blowing to me. Yep. And I think that there's a lot of frustration there in the public, the layman public, about not understanding that this science and this medicine is evolving. This is changing. And so, yeah, what Anthony Fauci might say one month is different than the next. That's because this is new to us. We are very smart humans, but right. we also have never experienced this before. Right. So, um, yeah, I liked that fact about the asthma. I found that interesting. Uh, the, the clotting cascade thing. That's nuts. It's That's so crazy. I know. I, I I don't know. It's um my daughter has an eosinophilic issue, and the science that's starting to come out is uh high blood eosinophils actually might be protective from severe COVID, which is counterintuitive because it's like an immune issue. So yeah, yeah so I mean, I don't know. In a year from now, you and I are going to be having a different discussion about the science of this. Absolutely. Oh my God. I just yeah. got full body goosebumps thinking about yeah. it. Yeah, I know. 
it's it's um if this weren't so such a tragic shit show it would be fascinating i know yeah absolutely 300,000 people are not here for their christmas or their hanukkah or their new year and you know how many healthcare providers have lost their lives like almost a thousand now and uh, what can you do but just like send out some good vibes to the universe because we really need it. Um, especially I, since our healthcare providers are all going to turn into robots controlled by China on Friday, right? You right. said that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just heard something that, um, now I'm a little woo-woo, but of course I saw this on TikTok. Oh, are you I talking was, about Jupiter and Saturn? Something is happening on like this. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, supposedly the this equinox on December 21st is going to be some kind of crazy crazy equinox and people are going to shift from the third dimension to the fifth. It's true. I've read about this. <laughs> <laughs> so I am I mentioned I'm not a woo woo person but I, this is aligning so well for the world and for my life right now that I've kind of absorbed a bit of it. Okay. Saturn and Jupiter are going to combine in the night sky for the first time in 800 years. So for the first time in 800 years on the solstice, we will be able to look into a clear sky and see Jupiter and Saturn will look like two balls joined, like, like wow. a number eight. That hasn't happened in 800 years, and it doesn't happen for a couple hundred more. But what's interesting, and my neighbor told me this, is that apparently, shoot, I'm going to mess up, mess up the planets. One of these planets is the chaos planet, mm -hmm. and the other one is the abundance and like harvest and goodness planet. So the one coming in right now is the good planet, and the one going out is the chaos planet. Do you know when that chaos planet started to come into this whatever? Apparently in the spring, Nicole. Like <laughs> <laughs> So I don't I, feel I don't it. Be I don't believe any of this, but let me tell you, it's been a year where I'm like I might I, I might start needing to read my horoscope. Well, I guess this is why we if you've had really crazy dreams in the last, I don't know, week or whatever uh -huh. um it's because of this impending planetary event that we're going to be having yeah so what a time to be alive I what know. a time to be alive wow it's, it's supposed to be it's supposed to end up as a massive global spiritual awakening perfect that sounds great sign me up <laughs> check <laughs> check yeah. Moving on. <laughs> oh my God. Nicole, this has been so fun to talk to you. I thank you. And, you know, thanks for having me. You know, we didn't know each other through, except for through Katie. And um, I'm so glad she told me about this because, uh, you know, I mentioned this to you earlier when she said, oh, this, this nurse, I know she started a podcast and it's called found down. And I, I did the snort laugh, you know, <laughs> what? And it's because as a new grad nurse, a new grad nurse, my preceptor would sing in report, you know, you'd get report on a patient, they were found down and she would sing, da -na 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 -na, found down. And so for 17 years, that has been stuck in my head whenever someone says a patient was found down. So 
I really appreciate your podcast and its title a lot. Well, um, it's passed a lot of time for me. Um, you have wonderful people on the show. Um, and I was, I was very happy to see that somebody locally has started something so profound for the healthcare community. So really, thank you. This is, this is really awesome. I hope wow. more people can find it, you know, get the word out. Yeah. I'm trying, I'm trying to grow it. Obviously I'm, um, yeah. there are, I don't know, 4 million nurses in the United States and I don't know how many in critical care, not that this is, this isn't, this is not just for critical care nurses. I definitely have a heavy base. Um, cause that's my background, but yeah, yeah. I want, I want more people to listen to it. Cause I want this to be really for them, right? This is supposed huh. to be real raw, funny. Yeah. Um, and not sugar coated bullshit. Exactly. It's really nice to be amongst friends that you can cuss to about your job. I'll tell you though, my husband misses me working because um, <laughs> I don't have anyone to tell nurse stories to anymore. And he's an engineer and his, he just gets queasy and his eyes glaze over when I try to tell him a work story, you know? <laughs> and so <laughs> I really miss that too, is the crazy work stories. So I love listening to your podcast and <laughs> hearing about weird things like cherry pie van turnovers and oh my God, so amazing. <laughs> Uh, yeah, someday maybe you and I can talk about fun ICU stories because there's always a good, um, set of them out there. Oh my God. Yeah. That'd be fun. That would be yeah. fun. I'd love to have you back. Thank you so much and, um, stay safe and stay sane and we'll see you on the next one. Thank you. You too. Bye. Thanks so much for tuning in today. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe and leave an honest review on whatever platform you're listening. Also, feel free to share this with your nursing colleagues. If you'd like to email me, you can do so at founddownpodcast at gmail.com. Feel free to send in any stories. Just make sure they're HIPAA compliant. Also, you can follow the podcast on Instagram at founddownpodcast. We'll see you on the next one.